Hey guys, welcome to Movie Films with Bill and Steve. I'm Steve. And I'm Bill. Movies talk, so let's talk movies. Let's talk those movies. Alright Bill, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, Black Friday was this past uh, Friday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I saw that wall that you just put in front of yourself as you were saying that sentence. <laughs> It was a big wall. It was black. It was terrifying. A big black wall. I uh, don't go out on Fridays anymore. I stay home and or go like maybe in the evening or on Saturday. And I always get the same deals everyone else trampled their 90-year-old grandmother for on that previous Friday. Or I guess Thanksgiving now. I went to Target on Saturday. I got uh, the Dwayne Johnson Hercules film, Edge of Tomorrow, and Transformers, <laughs> all, for, all, for, all on Blu-ray, all for $24 at Target. Nice, nice. That's all I wanted, and I got everything I wanted. I'm done. Um, we went, uh, my fiance and I actually went uh, Thanksgiving night, because all our dinners were done and we had nothing to do. Mm-hmm. So, But we didn't go at opening, because there was nothing we cared about. We went at like 10 and 10.30 at night. Yeah, no one's there then. Right. I mean, there's still people, like, surprisingly. Like, honestly, surprisingly, there's still a decent amount of people there. But it was fun to look at the aftermath. Mm-hmm. And we picked up a few things. I picked up Pacific Rim on Blu-ray for 4 bucks. Hell yeah. Uh, they were actually sold out of Shadows of Mordor, because they had it on the PS4 for only 25 bucks. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, they were sold out of that. But then I did pick up Smash Bros. for the Wii U, because you get a free $15 gift card. And that oh, game's never going to be cheaper prior to Christmas when I get the Wii U. So, I'll get the gift card and spend that on candy for a Christmas party. Hell yeah, candy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and then uh, I did, I did, I lied, I did actually have to go out on Black Friday morning for something, for that Power Rangers Legendary Morpher with the five exclusive keys and the 15 duplicate keys. Oh, how much was that? <laughs> uh, regular price is 80 which, uh, go fuck yourself, I would have never owned those Ranger keys ever. Yeah. And I would have been fine with that. It was on Black Friday for 35 bucks. Holy shit, that's a good deal. Yeah. So I think the $80 price tag was set up specifically for the Black Friday deal. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, they planned ahead. High price, so the sale price is enticing. Exactly. Um, well, so, you know, still a bit overpriced for what I wanted. You know, just the keys. But whatever. At least now I, my collection is complete. You don't want to buy You don't want to spend $200 on Legacy Titanus? No, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> No, thank you, Bandai. Yeah. You can go fuck yourself. No shit. I can't wait for like the next legacy set to come out and there not to be any nostalgia and the prices to be normal again. Uh, let's do Zeo Zords for our uh, next legacy. <laughs> they that were, sounds good, right? They were talking in space, actually. Oh, who wants those? A lot of people. I mean, that was the that was supposed to the be movie. The movie movie uh, Zord oh. seems like it'd be a more logical step. Uh, that might be next, like after that, because they're doing the Tiger Zord, but they probably do the uh, Thunder Zord, the Thunder Megazord before they would do the Ninja Zords. Yeah, these—I don't know—the whole legacy line's getting a bit ridiculous. It's getting—if they eventually do more than just Mighty Morphin and Tommy, I'm all about it. But so far, it started off with just Mighty Morphin, and now it's just Tommy. So mm-hmm. eventually, they'll get to RPM, and I can get a legacy RPM Morpher. That would be swell. RPM's right the on. best season, guys. We'll do Power Rangers episode one day. Yeah, we can. Those are shot on film. <laughs> kind of. And we could do like the one Doctor Who story, uh, Spearhead from Space. That that was shot on film. Yes. Because the because of the uh, studio like the BBC's uh, they, they didn't they like like strike. lose everything or oh yeah no, that's it right. was a strike and so they had to they couldn't use a uh, you know tape cameras yeah. like they normally do so they shot everything on film that's why it's the only Doctor Who story of classic that will be on Blu-ray yes because it actually deserves it <laughs> <laughs> but anyways yes let's move um, on uh, so let's move on from these bullshit pleasantries fuck this shit uh I do want to uh, let everyone know the Red Christmas limited edition Blu-ray is selling very quickly. Uh, That's fantastic. 
Um, so, I mean, it's not sold out yet. You know, I'm not a big, big time movie star where 25 copies will sell out in one day. But the movie's not even out yet. I announced them a week ago, and we're already uh, almost at the halfway point of these being sold out, guys. So, that's really good. If you are interested in picking up the Red Christmas limited edition Blu-ray, again, it's the Blu-ray with a limited edition cover, which is a like a Christmas card picture from Tara and her victim. Uh, and the also limited edition soundtrack, both limited to just 25 copies. That's it. Um, if you go to silverspotlightfilms.com, click, you know, go to films, click on Red Christmas, you'll see the link for it. It's 35 bucks uh, for the movie on Blu-ray and the soundtrack, and that includes shipping. So, it's a sweet deal. I think it's a pretty sweet deal. If you're a fan of my movies, it's a sweet deal. If, you, if you're not a fan of my movies, I understand waiting. <laughs> I'm gonna wait for you to get you sell out to a shitty distribution deal, so I can pick up your movie for seven dollars at Walmart. Oh man, that's a dream, huh? That is the dream. <laughs> You're, you, that way you can say my film's at Walmart, but for make sure you don't $7? mention the price. <laughs> leave the price out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, leave that out. That's not important. Uh, <laughs> I tried to get Super Task Force uh, to some like really low level distribution company for Walmart for five bucks because I think that movie Super Task Force would actually do well in a Walmart for five bucks. Absolutely. They didn't get back to me. I think I might have waited too long. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I think it's hot. I think it's still hot property. Keep sending it out. I will. It doesn't, yeah. Yeah. Get it out there because I'm sure kids will be like, oh, this is. I mean, if the asylum can make, uh, you know, Hollywood exploitation type, you know, knockoff films, there's no reason you can't make like a market for like Power Rangers knockoff. Absolutely. Stuff. That's what I'm saying. You know, and I didn't make it to be a Power Rangers knockoff, but goddamn, you better believe I would market it as that if that's what I had to do. <laughs> hey, kids, do you like Power Rangers? Well, check out this. Check out Ranger Power. Check out me and my sweet motorcycle helmet. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, I, I promise you my effects are as good, if not better, than most Asylum films. Honestly, my effects were also pretty much as good as Power Rangers up until last year. So, go fuck take yourself. Take that, Saban. Take, fuck everyone that knocked the Super Task Force special effects. Yeah, they go fuck themselves. Movie you news! Fucking yourselves, movie news. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so what's uh, our movie off, news? Let's start us off, Bill. Uh, well, some big news last week. Uh, we talked about it last last week's episode. This past week it premiered the Star Wars trailer, the minute and a half of a couple footage, voiceover, lightsaber effects. Has the internet and Star Wars fans a flutter? Yeah, it, it, instead of talking about the trailer everyone's seen, let's talk about the fan reaction to the trailer. Uh, the fan reaction, I think, is rather... I, I don't want to get too preachy and soapboxy, but it's ridiculous. Yes. That people are, like, uh, not even... I don't even think it's in joking. I feel like there are people who are legitimately upset that a stormtrooper is black. Yeah. Because I'm seeing a lot of people complaining about that. A lot of people are complaining about that. Um, and I didn't see it at first, because I saw that the actor... Oh, I forget his name. Because he was also the Vulcan from Voyager. Mm. Uh, but I always forget his name. But he, you know, I saw the, head, the news headline that said, This guy, to his critics, get used to it. I'm like, what are you talking about? Who's complaining about a black stormtrooper? Oh my god, so many racist people are complaining. Even the uh, official Star Wars Twitter, like, someone posted, like, how can it, how can we be black? Aren't they supposed to look the same? And even the Star Wars trailer had to remind people, which I don't understand how this is confusing people, that the stormtroopers from the original three films aren't clones anymore. Yeah. It's all, like, conscripted people, drafted people that work Cl just for the Empire as soldiers. Clone troopers clo are clones. Stormtroopers are a volunteer army. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I don't understand why it confuses people. And even then, oh no, this five seconds from this, you know, trailer 
it doesn't imply that he's, he he could he might not even be a stormtrooper. It could be someone that's just wearing the costume. Right. Yeah, and because Han and Luke did that, you know. Yeah. Um, and also the thing with uh, the stormtroopers is that if they were still supposed to be clones in the original trilogy, George Lucas would have replaced all of their voices with Jango Fett's, just yeah, like he did so, to Boba. You know, like which, he, and he did it. Sad. So. Yeah. Yeah, that that was really nice of him to do that. <laughs> and put more rocks in there, and more Ben Kenobi like Bantha screams. Did you see the um, fan edit of the George Lucas special edition version of the? Yeah, Star Wars I really trailer? enjoyed that. Like, I the... couldn't breathe during the Tie Fighters. That was really funny. I lost my because sh- everything else was perfect, and the editing on that, I'm jealous of whoever cut that because they did a lot of really good looking cut and paste effects and like. Mm-hmm. Um, key chroma keying characters out into the trailer in a day and a half. No shit. I could never do that. Ever! Well, I'm also, uh, to make a quick Mega 64 plug, they'd made their uh, leaked Star Wars Episode 7 trailer. Yeah. That they were hoping the trailer was just to drop on Saturday, but then they got dropped on Friday. So in one day, they had to, like, they overnighted the costumes for their stuff, the Jabba costume and stuff they did, and they did all the editing, all the everything, and like, mm-hmm. the course of one day to get that up, and got over 100,000 hits. That's what matters. <laughs> I'll admit, yeah, be quick, uh, and it, it's actually really funny. I do recommend watching it. It's a good one. It, I know a lot of people who were just seeing it posted on Facebook, saying, "What's it matter? It's gonna be online soon, anyways." And everyone's like, "Oh, you didn't even bother watching the video, obviously." Right, seriously. It's pretty comical, and plus, it got enough hits apparently that the act, the official Star Wars Twitter had to actually acknowledge it. Oh, I always love when that happens. And it, it, it's funny because it's one of the few fake trailers being taken down because it was all original assets used in the trailer. They didn't use anything from Star Wars. Right. They didn't use like any like no music, no nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's that. Um, what else are people complaining about? Oh yeah, the sword. People are complaining about the the lightsaber. I think it looks cool. It's like a lightsaber claymore. Yeah, it looks awesome. It makes sense for it makes sense for like a lightsaber to have guards that can actually protect against another lightsaber. Yeah, and that's been in like the comics for a while. That's not even like a new idea. No, it isn't. I mean, yeah. the, 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 the Star Wars canon has way dumber lightsaber designs. Mm-hmm. I really don't think we need to be harping on this. Like I said, one guy was, like, not an asshole about it and literally just said it would just make more sense if the blades were angled upward, and I agree with that. Otherwise, the sword looks fucking awesome. And I especially like how not only are they cross guards, but it looks like they're exhaust ports. Because mm-hmm. they are, like, the same sort of blade as the main blade is, and it just looks like that's how powerful this lightsaber is. Yeah, It's a I lightsaber really like that cuts through lightsabers. Because we're so used to, like, fan films, and even Lucas's films where lightsabers like this, like, perfect, like, tube of light. I, I really like the new effect. I don't know if all the lightsabers are like that, where they just look a lot, like erratic bits, beams of mm-hmm. light. I don't know how to describe it, but it just looks erratic and chaotic, and it looks really neat. Yeah. I like it. It's dirty and gritty. Yeah, it's it's cool. It looks solid, um, and as a Star Trek fan... I am. Uh, I have always felt that J.J. Abrams is perfectly suited for Star Wars, mm-hmm. and the way that he made his Star Trek films is exactly how you should instead make a Star Wars movie. So I think yeah. this is going to be great. Yeah, I have, I have high hopes. I, I'm, I'm, I'm maintaining. A, you know, I'm trying to maintain a very even keel approach because I, I. Everyone wants to come back with. Oh, remember when we were really excited for Episode One? <laughs> it's like yeah, because that was the first film, and you know, D- decades. Yeah, it's like that. That kind of it was get, come, deserving it. This one is just exciting because it's not George Lucas, right? So everyone has a little more reason to be excited for you know JJ Abrams, someone who has delivered before absolutely good films. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. That's the difference. And he exactly. has a team that disagrees with him. It's not just him yep. by himself. 
Yeah, yeah. It's not George Lucas just like scribbling what's gonna be CG and what's gonna be practical, but mostly covering up every storyboard. And people are like, uh, 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 uh okay, 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 George. Okay. The best part of the entire Star Wars prequel trilogy is the bonus feature or the clip um, that Plinkett has linked of yeah. them watching the final cut for the first time, and just like everyone in the room is in agreement that there's too much going on. Even I Lucas. We, I think we went a little too far. <laughs> and then nothing Lucas, we can do about it now. Nothing we can do about it now. <laughs> well, we're never going to beat Titanic. Never going to beat Titanic. Oh, George. So that's that. That's the Star Wars trailer. It's just, it comes out next year. It's good to whet people's appetite now. Get them ready. Uh, we'll we'll see where that goes. Um, next up in some news, we have uh, casting official casting for the Suicide Squad movie. Yes, the Suicide Squad movie, which is huge news in my opinion. Uh, and yes. I'm surprised the internet is not blowing up about it even more. I've only seen like a few people mention it. I've actually seen, uh, after looking at the cast list, I thought one thing people were going to bitch about. I'm actually seeing a ton of people being overly supportive of it, so I'm surprised. Let's uh, let's get into the, the list here. Uh, the first on the list I'm looking at is Will Smith as Deadshot. Now, I would immediately after reading this expect people to be throwing a shit fit. Yeah. But I see a lot of people being overly positive about that, which is good. I think I'm always willing to give actors a shot. I think Will Smith can play serious. He can play that kind of serious goofiness. I think he can play Deadshot pretty well. I think he doesn't necessarily physically look the part from the comic, but that doesn't mean anything to me. When it comes to... Because, I mean, some... I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast or not. I'm a very, very vocal critic against the whole making Wally West black in the comic. Mm-hmm. But to, there's a huge difference to me between, you know... an a movie doing something differently or the mainstream comic changing a character's race just because. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, anyone that would complain about Will Smith being Deadshot because of the race for the movie is dumb to me. Yeah. Like uh, people has a slight point because in the Fantastic Four because Sue and Johnny are brother and sister and they're and changing the story to make sense of their now sibling relationship is kind of a needless change. I got that. I didn't agree with it, but I got that. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyone that would be complaining about Will Smith as Deadshot for that sort of reason is a stupid racist. Uh, <laughs> um, stupid racists on the internet? No. no. Um, we just got done talking about how everyone's super accepting of a black stormtrooper. Super accepting. So yeah, I agree. I think the Will Smith Deadshot casting is really interesting and cool, mm-hmm. and I really look forward to seeing it, because you're right. He does serious uh, really well, but he also is fun, and Deadshot a lot of the times is fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we have uh, Tom Hardy as Rick Flagg. I'm not too familiar with Rick Flagg. I for, I had to relook him up because I've read a lot of DC books, uh, but Suicide Squad is one of those series that I've never been that into. Um, basically, yeah, I, Rick Flagg Sr. was on the Suicide Squad when it was literally like an army team in World War II being sent on suicide missions. Mm-hmm. And then his son, Rick Flagg Jr., took his place in the more modern Suicide Squad for a long while. Including when they started to get supervillains and stuff. Gotcha. So clearly, I think this is going to be like the Rick Flag Jr., and that's they're going to stick with that sort of idea. Cool. And then um, we have Margot Robbie as uh, Harley Quinn, which was pretty heavily confirmed, uh, yeah. rumor confirmed a while ago. Yeah. And then uh, Jared Leto did get cast as the Joker. Yeah, that's huge. I'm still really hoping that I think we talked about before that he's like very low role in the Suicide Squad movie. Like he's not an actual member of the team. Right. That would make no fucking sense. None at all. So his casting, that both those castings we talked about before, both love them. <laughs> yeah. Um, Fantastic Jai- castings. 
uh, Jai Courtney as Boomer. As I assume Captain Boomer. Yeah. The listing here just says that as Boomer. Yeah, it's. I, I'm so pumped for that because that means the Rogues are already around. Yeah. Which means to me that the Flash is already around. You know. Yeah. So that's awesome. I'm. I love Captain Boomerang. I'm super excited for this. I'm super excited for this. And then uh, I think it's Cara Delevingne. Sure. sure. I, it's, I can't pronounce that. Sorry, guys. Uh, as the Enchantress. Which is interesting because Enchantress has never struck me as like a Suicide Squad type character. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, whatever. I think that's cool though because that's decent. You know, you got Marvel over here that's like, oh no, Thor's not a god that uses magic. He's an alien that uses technology. And then you've got, you know, well we can't do the Mandarin. Well, he's just an actor. It's all tech based. And well, well in Phase Three. Uh, we'll have Doctor Strange show up, but, you know, the way that you can use magic can be tech-based. And then you got DC in their, what will be their third movie, being like, Hey, here's a fucking wizard! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope they keep Enchantress that way, which I assume they would. Yeah. There'd be no reason not to, because they're gonna, we're working towards a Captain Marvel movie. Yes. I'm sorry. Shazam movie. That's gonna be all magic. I mean, you can't get around that. No, um, it's a suit. It's a bio suit that he puts on. No, don't stop. <laughs> and like Gene Wilder and Wonka. No, stop, please don't. No. Um what I'm missing from this list that has me concerned is no King Shark. I agree. Um I'm very upset by the lack of King Shark. Um he's a fucking shark. That's damn right. He's <laughs> So I'm hoping that comes a bit later because I feel, especially if they're going off the new 52 team, I mean, I, I just want to see King Shark in a movie. Come on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely agreed. So I'm holding out. You know, it could happen. Apparently the film is going into pre-production and it'll start production in early next year for a obvious, uh, August uh, 2016 release. Mm-hmm. So that'd be really rad. I really, uh, it looks like uh, DC's going for it. Oh, absolutely. Time yeah. and, as we mentioned before, so... They're taking their time, but they are absolutely going for it. Like you said, they're going nuts. They're not holding back. You know, they're just balls to the walls. We got this, guys. Trust us. And I trust them. Mm-hmm. I trust them more than Marvel at any point. You know, everything in Marvel's phase phase two was a complete disappointment, in my opinion. Yeah, I, can't, I don't have uh, high hopes. Except for the Guardians, like I said. But that was so good because of the director, not because it's Marvel. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. Like, if James Gunn was, like, more in charge of everything Marvel and not, in, like, if he was doing everything from now on, I'd, I'd have a lot more. Uh, yeah. But not, I would, I'd be looking forward a lot more to the Marvel films because James Gunn just made a James Gunn movie that happened to be a big budget Marvel movie. Right, exactly. So, yeah. But, yeah, so, yeah, Suicide Squad, I, I'm excited. Yeah, and uh, speaking about DC stuff, our topic for this week is uh, the Batman films. Uh, Batman. Uh, more specifically... <laughs> Uh, the two Tim Burton films, the two Joel Schumacher films, and then the three Christopher Nolan films. Yes. Uh, sadly, for this current retrospective, we did not include the two animated films. Because the episode will be two hours long as we talk about how good they are. Yes. <laughs> like, literally. Uh, for, for the record, we'll state now, uh, Mask of the Phantasm is the best Batman film. Absolutely. Like, 1,000%, no contest. Yeah, hands down, bar none. If you disagree, hey, you're free to disagree, it's a free country, but I personally say you can go fuck yourself. I, yeah. Yeah, you're allowed to have that opinion, but fuck you. Yeah, so uh, that's we're just gonna kick it out the bat. So when you hear the rest of us talk about the, when you hear us talk about the rest of these movies, uh, don't be surprised if you don't like them very much. Yeah, please do not be surprised. Uh, so because um, I feel a lot of people have nostalgia for these films and maybe have not seen them in a while. 
I watched one of the, I watched one of these just last night, so I have a fresh perspective. <laughs> All right, uh, St- Steve, do you want to kick it off with the 1989 Batman? Let's kick it off uh, with the 1989 Tim Burton film Batman, uh, starring Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton. <laughs> In that order, starring Jack Nicholson. <laughs> In that order. Uh, so um, let's give before we uh, start talking about the film, let's give credit where credits due. Um, in a time where people weren't taking superheroes uh, in, you know, as uh, a live-action media seriously, at this point the comics got back into taking them seriously. This is post Dark Knight Returns. Um, but you know, Tim Burton did, you know, he everyone was familiar with just the live-action Adam West Batman, and Burton did say no, let's you know do a dark series. You know, Batman's a dark character. That's where he came from. So let's do it in a dark. Tim Burton way. Wait, was that one part, Tim? Oh, nothing. It's going to be a dark Batman movie. That's the Tim Burton movie. What? Nothing. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, so he did do a very mis- mature, serious story. You know, there's a lot of violence in it. It's a dark Gotham. It's a dangerous Gotham. It's not a good place to be. Uh, he definitely, he gambled. Everyone thought, everyone went as nuts for Michael Keaton playing Batman as they did for Heath Ledger playing the Joker. They did. You know, and even the... Um... Uh, what else was it? Uh, yeah, Michael. Uh, sorry, keep continue talking. Sorry, yeah. That's sorry, right. I blanked. Um, so you know, because everyone only knew Michael Keaton as a comedy actor at that point, mm-hmm. only as a comedy actor, like by far. Even Heath Ledger, by the point of him being the Joker, had done a few very different roles. So Keaton was even less wide ranged than he was than Heath Ledger was at this point. And Burton, you know, he cast Keaton, and you know, let's not talk about the characterization of the character yet. But I do feel that Keaton knocked playing the role out of the park and proved a lot of people wrong. I thought he played what Burton wanted very well. And we'll get into that in a bit. And, you know, it ended up doing uh, amazingly. I mean, uh, which... uh, uh, Was it uh, Ebert that loved Batman to the point where he started cosplaying as Batman? I'm not. A, I'm not familiar with this. Okay. but that sounds amazing. Yeah, I, I, um, I'm, I don't. I'm, I have to believe. No, Ebert no, it was it was Siskel. I'm sorry. Well, I'm a, just going to continue believing Roger Ebert <laughs> dressed up like Batman. I'm sorry, no, yeah, it was Siskel. Uh, Siskel uh, loved the Tim Burton Batman film so much that he immediately bought like a Tim Burton Batman costume suit and wore it all the time to events, which is fantastic in its own sense. Um, its budget was $48 million. A modest amount. A very modest actually, amount. Actually, for the time, that is quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, and it made $251 million. In 1989, money. I think I think it's uh, worldwide gross is 411. Yeah, 411 million dollars. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, a lot of people liked it, and it got Batman back into the forefront, as it were. You know, he got it born to mainstream media instead of just comics, because you know this is not what it is today. We're liking Iron Man is cool. This was back when everyone thought comic book nerds were losers. Yeah, and the biggest memory of Batman was the 1960s show. Yes, so which was leading to a lot of issues. With the studio wanting to even make another Batman film because they were just hesitant. Because to their minds, everything when it was just you know camp. Exactly. And then of course Michael Keaton wanted to be Batman, playing as Batman. It's like oh, it's that guy from Mr. Mom. <laughs> and and your, your director is the guy who made Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I don't see how this is going to go well, guys. I don't know. Uh... But yeah, it went exactly. well, you know, ignoring what our personal opinions are on the film, it went really well. It was a success. It did what it set out to do. 
Mm. Okay, so uh, now let's talk. Okay, yeah, you go. Uh, sorry, I was gonna say like casting uh, wise, it was interesting to see some of the people who were approached to play uh, Bruce Wayne before they settled on uh, Michael Keaton. Uh, apparently, uh, Pierce Brosnan is heavily considered for the role, and even uh, Burton uh, Burton offer also offered the role to Ray Liotta. Oh, I didn't know that one. That's cool. Yeah, uh, I thought that'd been a, that'd be that'd be really interesting, especially that was you know Ray Liotta back in the late '80s, early Ray Liotta before he nowadays where he's just in garbage. Um, also, Robin was supposed to be in Batman. Who played by uh, Eddie Murphy? Uh, uh, no, the Way- Damon Wayans. Oh, I uh, read one where at one point Ivan Reitman was uh, being approached to direct, and he wanted to have uh, Bill Murray play Batman and Eddie Murphy be Robin. Okay, that's yeah. No, um, I uh, from the Blu-ray set on the because I own the uh, Batman anthology on Blu-ray and on all the bonus features they talk about how you know it was storyboarded Joker was going to you know the circus was in town Joker kills the Graysons and you know Dick Grayson jumps on the car and tries to help Batman catch the Joker and he's basically Robin and becomes Robin in the film and they offer the role to Damon Wayans um, but that didn't work out you know it got pushed back and then they said well Robin will be in Batman Returns Damon Wayans got paid to be Robin in Batman Returns and then was cut out again. But he still got paid for it. Hey, can't beat that. <laughs> Maybe that's why the budget of Batman Returns is $80 million. Probably. Uh, so, uh, the movie. The movie itself. Um, first off, I'd like to... Uh, I uh, watched this film yesterday. I, I, it's the only, and I will admit this is the only film I immediately watched to kind of refresh myself for this uh, discussion. Because uh, of time. Yeah. Um... I, uh, going into it, I wanted to keep track of how many people the Joker killed <laughs> and how many people Batman killed. Because, yes, uh, let's remember now, Batman killed people in Burton's films. He was a horrible psycho murderer. So while everyone gets mad that uh, Superman killed someone in Man of Steel... Uh, Completely they, they required still, in that situation. But they still want to, you know, go back to saying Burton Batman films are great. Uh, let's go off this. Uh, I have Batman down for killing 14 people. <laughs> Um, and the Joker for killing, like as they uh, specifically mentioned him killing them, like on the news report they said like six people died from the um, yeah. the Smilex stuff. So I, I counted those. I have uh, the Joker down for killing thirty four people. So Batman. So Batman only killed uh, you know just under <laughs> half as many people as the Joker. Someone needs to stop this Batman character. This Batman <laughs> character is awful. Not only, I mean, I killed like ten people and blowing up the Axis chemicals that I could tell on screen. But not only that, he blew up a chemical factory. Right. I mean, I'm sure there were still employees of the chemical factory working there that had nothing to do with the Joker. Not to mention all, all the chemicals, chemicals that got spilled into Gotham's Bay or Ocean or River or whatever the fuck is around there. Yeah. Oh, that's why Oswald Cobblepot's a mutant in the sequel. Oh, clearly. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Batman's a horrible killer. Like, let me say, I, I think Batman is a pretty decent movie. I like it, but it's a terrible <laughs> Batman movie. It's also really paced, badly paced in some. Spots. It is badly I, paced. I There's noticed. a lot of. Um, so yeah, let's talk about how the movie is now. First of all, um, n- no one in the city should not know Bruce Wayne is is Batman. Like he, Bruce Wayne is the weirdest motherfucker in the world in Burton's universe. Mm-hmm. Like within five minutes of meeting him, everyone should be like, "Hey, are you Batman? Because you're really acting weird." And very cagey, and last night I saw you sleeping upside down like a bat. Um, t- 
Tim Burton, have you read a comic book? Do you know what Batman does? Nope. No. He didn't. He didn't like comic books. <laughs> he didn't like comic books. So yeah, um, so yeah, it's a very weird, neurotic Bruce Wayne, and I, I like that in this world, but, like, that's not good. Like, I like it in this world, but that's not a good representation of Bruce Wayne and Batman, where he is no. just this horrible, psychotic man who also murders fourteen people in cold blood. Yeah, fourteen. <laughs> I could tell, like specifically, I was like, okay, he killed someone. Boom. Let's write that down. <laughs> um, uh, you know, let's before let's just kind of sum it down. Like, let's let's start like uh, with some things you like about the film, Steve. Uh, I know you said a couple things. Um, I like for me, I like Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent. I do too. I was really it's really upsetting that he didn't come back in later films. Mm-hmm. I um, the one thing I will still say I really like the film is the introduction to Batman in the film. Yes. Uh, the beginning set, starts up thinking that the family you're seeing is Martha and uh, Thomas Wayne mm-hmm. and Bruce. Yes. But then it's this slight swerve where it's like, oh no, they're just a family. They got robbed, and then. That whole intro where he's like uh, beating up the two robbers and then the whole I'm Batman bit. That's that's great. I think that's a great introduction to the beginning, the start of the movie. Gets everything kicked right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, pun intended. Uh-huh. Um, and everything's solid there. Then I just feel like everything just kind of tumbles all around all over the fucking place for the rest of the film. Yes. Um, I will say Jack Nicholson is fantastic. Yes. Um, I will not be like a lot of people and say he's the best actor to ever play the Joker. I still hold that Cesar Romero is the best actor to ever play the Joker. I think that's fair. Um, but I, but that does not to say that Jack Nicholson isn't good in the role. Yeah, Jack Jack hams it up exactly how you should ham it up as the Joker. Um, yeah. He's silly, he's off the wall, he's cracking jokes, he's got like little toys and gadgets, he looks the part, everything's great. Uh, the only thing I don't like about the Joker is how he's like a really shitty dude before he becomes the Joker. Um, but that might just be the personal preference of I prefer the idea of the Joker was just a regular guy beforehand that had a bad day. Um, things like the Dark Knight Returns and the Killing Joke uh, led a lot into Warner Bros. considering Batman again for a film. Yet it feels like for the, the script they didn't really take any of the note. Like the writers didn't take any notes mm-hmm. from the Killing Joke. Right. It, it's, it's instead of making him like a like a, Guy, you know, guy in a wrong wrong place at the wrong time who happens to become the Joker. They decided to go. Oh, we're gonna they decided to make him the one who makes Batman. Yeah, <laughs> I still detest that angle. Hi, I killed Batman's parents. I'm the Joker. <laughs> yeah, um, they were jumping around a lot. Um, I uh, I appreciate the Joker kills a lot of televisions in the film. <laughs> I, I have two down. He shoots one and then he punches one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so there you go. Uh, Batman killed no televisions. Um, I don't think so. I didn't write those down. Damn it! I need to watch the film again. That movie's that movie's two hours long and has a lot of patches where nothing's happening. Excessively, excessively long patches where nothing's happening. I will say the I, that's one thing I will point out. The Batman uh, for a film called Batman. Batman is not in it very much. Not at all. Um, and like uh, it's one of those things where like I appreciate the long awkward scenes of Bruce and um, uh. Vicky Vale. Thank you. I almost got just called a Kim Basinger because her character name slipped me for a moment. Uh, Vicky Vale eats dinner across a huge table quietly for like a full two minutes before the scene changes. Like, mm-hmm. on one hand, I appreciate that the humor of that scene. On the other hand, it's a two-hour long movie and there's a lot of time going by where nothing's happening. Yeah. Um, oh, Alfred in the series is fantastic. Yes, that, that's definitely one big one good point there. It was good casting on Alfred. Has there been a bad Alfred? Because I don't think so. Um... No. Yep. Okay. There uh, we go. Rachel's my wife. Rachel's been saying good things about Sean Pertwee and Gotham, so I'm assuming no, some good Gotham, good uh, good Alfred. Cool. 
Um, uh, Tracy Walter as Bob the Bob the Goon. <laughs> yes, uh, great character. I love Bob. I love Bob a lot. I like to think that his character from Repo Man uh, went into the UFO time machine, went back in time to a different time where he's in Gotham and he becomes a goon. He does just does what he can to get by. For Jack Napier. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Dancing to Prince. Um, that was a thing. I actually I, I love did, that. I, I I really enjoyed the soundtrack in this. It's, I know a lot of people dog on it for being dated because the Prince soundtrack. I feel like the soundtrack works really well for the movie. I agree. Um, so let's start talking about some of the problems the film has in addition to the murder. I know I've been splashing a lot of that in there. Um, okay, I uh, I think we talked. Yeah, we actually we're kind of mixing it in a lot. Uh, the pacing is definitely a problem. Um, the uh, gaps of nothing happening. Light on Batman. Uh, my biggest complaint comes down to the end of the near the end of the film when Batman walks up to the Joker in the bell tower of the church and says, "I'm going to kill you." <laughs> If there's any, if there's anything I need to point out that's wrong with this movie, and it's not a very good Batman film, Batman tells the Joker, "I'm going to kill you," and then he does. And he does. <laughs> he also, after he throws a black man down a bell tower, throws him down for no reason, no reason to do it. Um, what else can we mention? Um, I mean, just the characterization of Batman. You know, the setup for the Joker again. You know, it wasn't great. The relationship between him and Vicky Bale was kind of weird, but that's mm-hmm. just subjective. So I don't want to like knock that outright. Um, the whole continuous angle of trying to... I like the fact that Batman is still a myth at this point in this world. But it's still kind of a weird thing that Vicky's so focused on finding about this and everyone's just making fun of her. Like, oh, you're talking about the man-bat, huh? Like, we, we get it. You don't believe in the Batman. It's Which just, is funny because they've been trying to establish that, like, Knox's uh, stories of him are so buried. It's kind of weird to me. Like, how is she finding out about his stuff if they're so buried in the newspaper and no one's taking him seriously? Right. And she's this, like, kind of prolific uh, photographer. Oh, yeah, I like Knox a lot. Yeah, he's really fun. Uh, and I like Eckhart. Eckhart was, Eckhart was pretty solid, except they killed him. Exactly, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it was just mm, a lot of... I, like, I honestly think a good movie, a bad Batman movie. It's a yeah. cool... It's I, a good drama, noir-style film. But mm. as a Batman film, I, it fails in almost every aspect. Like, it's got yeah. cool gadgets. It's got, arguably, the coolest design for the Batmobile. Um, it's iconic for yeah, sure. it's iconic. Uh, you know, they were the one. You know, they took. Oh, they, they unfortunately, was the first thing to take Batman out of spandex, which to me is a detriment. I hate the rubber suit that he's had ever since the Burton Batman movie. Oh yeah, that's my biggest. That's my biggest gripe. Batman fights like shit in this fucking film because Michael Keaton can't do it. He can't move. He can't move because he has this giant, like, two-inch-thick rubber piece on his head. He can't turn his head. That's why he's like whipping his body around because he can't turn his fucking head. Mm-hmm. And so he just Batman doesn't look like he's any he's good at shit. He's good at flying around scaring people, but he doesn't actually do anything except pu- just punch guys in the dick and then knock them over. Right. Yeah. The, like the whole idea of Batman is he wears like light suits and uses you know trickery and uh, smoke bombs and stuff to avoid gunfire. This Batman apparently just opted to go tanky. <laughs> like good instead shot. of being a DPS, he just put on a bunch of heavy armor and just good take. Thing no all- shot him in the head. It's a very good thing because that very wouldn't have thing. gone well. So, um, let's end it on. Uh, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. <laughs> I'm really glad that makeup tray was able to stop bullets. Very good. Oh, uh, one thing I will... The last thing, I uh, I guess last point I, I have anyways, is a lot of people make note, um, when the Joker calls in the helicopter, he says 10 minutes. That happens at 1 hour 46 minutes. The helicopter shows up at 1 hour 56 minutes. That's cool. So it, does, it does show up 10 minutes later. That is really cool, and I did not know that. So that's a plus one. Yeah, that was a good point. 
Uh, any final thoughts on 1989 Batman? Not really. I've said everything I wanted to say. Okay. Everything <laughs> else might go quicker because a lot of negative things, especially about Batman Returns. Oh, like this this Batman Returns is the worst Batman movie there is. I know everyone likes to shit on Batman and Robin because that's the trendy fucking thing to do, but these people need to sit down and rewatch Batman Returns because Batman Returns is just as bad, if not worse, than Batman and Robin in every single point that people knock Batman and Robin for, except it's not a comedy. And it's all done serious, and it just makes me groan and shake my head, and oh my god. Oh. There are people who all the time will say that they, uh, they'll, they'll shit on Batman Forever, Batman Robin, all these other things, but they'll go back and like, man, I love Batman Returns. No, you go fuck yourself. <laughs> That's a t- Batman Returns is the like premier example of how a studio should not give that much control to anybody over a project. Because mm-hmm. Tim Burton, it was just like... I'm just gonna do whatever I fucking want, and that's I don't care about <laughs> I don't care about anything. I don't care about Batman. I'm gonna make this movie that's definitely not about Batman. <sighs> the the thing that got me the most was that in interviews for Birdman, Michael Keaton said that the reason why he turned down uh, the third Batman movie forever is because he st- said the script was shitty. And I immediately wanted to punch through the computer monitor and grab Michael Keaton and say, "You agreed to Batman Returns. How dare you?" <laughs> Well, to be fair, I've never looked at it. Probably know the the shooting the script for Batman Returns was a lot better than what we actually ended up with. I maybe, but I really doubt it because Burton, I, I Burton had so much control. I'm not saying that's the case, yeah. but I, I have a lot. I love I love Michael Keaton, so I'm gonna <laughs> defend him a little bit, I guess. So yeah, uh, so let's let's go through the good of Batman Returns. Uh, um, Christopher Walken. Yes, Christopher Walken. And his hair. And his hair. Okay, so point point one, Christopher Walken. Point two, Christopher Walken's hair. I'll, I'll write this down. I'm gonna pin it out. <laughs> we have two points because of Christopher Walken and his hair. Um, how Michelle Pfeiffer played Catwoman? Yeah, that was very good because she definitely got Catwoman there. It's the problems become from her origin. We'll get into that. And then, yeah, okay. we jumped around too much on Batman, so I want to try to keep it more concise. Now. Sorry, yeah, yeah. My apologies. My apologies to the viewers, <laughs> yes. listeners, so, uh, people. Um, what other good points does Batman Returns have? It takes place during Christmas. Ah, that's uh, yeah. good. It's good. Christmas I love Christmas. Time. Plus one. Uh, it's the time for miracles. Um, 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 uh, the the circus goons looked cool, like they were a cool um, shtick. It didn't really make uh, any sense, but visually they were cool. No, the red triangle game did not make much sense. That to be like a gang for the penguin, I will I will fight you. On I just that. said they look cool. I'm not arguing that they make sense. No, they didn't look dumb. <laughs> I think they looked like stupid Tim Burton diarrhea shits. Okay, uh, well half a I'm point. Not giving you the. Okay, okay, we'll settle on half a half point. Half a point. Uh, okay, so we're up to four and a half <laughs> four points, and a half I think. I think we have four and a half points for Batman Returns. Uh, I love seeing Danny DeVito in movies. I'm not commenting on him being the Penguin or the Penguin, just I like Danny DeVito as a person. Danny DeVito's good. His name is on the movie poster. <laughs> His name is on the movie poster. <laughs> half a point. So that's up to five points for Batman Returns. Mm, penguins. I like Penguins. I do too. Too bad that the penguins in this, I felt, were dumb. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't know what hey, else. Is... I, penguin pallbearers, go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, so I'm done listing the good things in this movie. How about you? Yeah, I'm done. I'm very done with this. Film. Okay, so the opening. Let's just go through this real quick. The opening of the film is that the Red Triangle Gang attacks the Christmas tree light up, you know, event in Gotham. And a, and a giant present. And a giant How did presence. they get that there? How did they get it there? Um, so they're just wrecking shit. Um, so Batman 
is chilling in his mansion in the dark by himself doing nothing. I what is Bruce doing? He has a company. And he has these very elaborate <laughs> his huge elaborate mirrors on the mansion that everyone can see. Yeah, what happens if you have to get roofing work Sir, done? I mean, what's going to happen? He there? kills them. <laughs> or he just never does. That house does never gets up. Never gets up kept. Um. So um. so he so Batman shows up, and I think the thing that really isolates the whole tone of Batman Returns, in my opinion, is that there's this fire dude who's breathing fire, <laughs> and don't he sets a couple people on fire. It's shitty of him. Please don't get me wrong. But those are the only people that he hurts. Like, they run away. They don't seem to die. You can argue that they died. I won't disagree with you. But that's all he did. The rest of his job seems to just be setting fire to storefronts. And he's leaving everyone else alone. Like, he's not hurting anyone else. He's setting fire to storefront, to a storefront, to a storefront. Batmobile shows up. Yeah, property damage. Batmobile shows up. So he shoots his fire at the Batmobile, at the car. He's not trying to hurt Batman. He's just trying to, you know, damage this car that's right in front of him. Batman has a tool to lift his Batmobile up, turn it 180 degrees, lower, and then he sets this man on fire. Way more of a fire than this dude set those other people on. Like, he is completely engulfed in flames. <laughs> he is dead. That's the first yeah. thing Batman does in this film. After shooting his machine gun a bunch of people. <laughs> so that's where we set up the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I don't think Batman kills as many people in this film, but he takes much no. more pleasure in it. Yeah, when he's like when he strapped a bomb to a big guy's chest and then threw him down like a like a sewer vent thing. And smiled. And smiles <laughs> while he does it, and then he blows up. Batman brutally just murdered him. <laughs> brutally. <laughs> okay, so let's go over the negatives of this film. First of all, uh, you got a movie where there's two villains, and the real villain of the movie is Christopher Walken, whose plan makes no fucking sense. I'm gonna build a power plant. It's not a power plant. It's a capacitor to steal energy. What are you going to do with that energy? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so then, okay, so that's stupid. That's one negative. That's three negative points right there. The entire plot makes no sense. Because then the rest of the plot of him getting to Penguin to be the mayor is all based on him wanting to build this anti-power plant. Mm-hmm. It seems really straight off, like... Uh, Christopher Walken's character for the story for like the penguin part he was pretty clearly supposed to be Harvey Dent in the beginning of, like the originally in one of the early scripts because mm. it seems like he's supposed to be like this DA guy like pulling strings to get done and it's like oh we couldn't get Billy Dee Williams we don't do his character uh, let's just rewrite this and be like this corporate guy that everyone seems to like yeah uh, um the cab woman is just a bottle of pain in my opinion because she got Selena Kyle's not a thief at all. You know, she doesn't come from money. She's just some poor woman that lives in a one-bedroom apartment with a bunch of cats who's a secretary who gets thrown out a window by Christopher Walken and gets brought back to life by cats. And now she's really cat-like, and it's weird. And she takes baths like a cat, and she eats birds like a cat, and she keeps talking about how the multiple lives that she seems to actually mystically have. Yeah. Uh, and it's just clear that Tim Burton doesn't give a fuck. And then you got Penguin... Um... Who is a mutant? Yep. Who is a mutant? Um, and gets abandoned yep. by Pee Wee Herman in yep. the cleanest sewers in the world. Like I, it's not meant to be this way, but I think it's hilarious that Gotham is the most dirty, dangerous city in the world, but has the best kept sewers. And why do the sewers empty out into the penguin exhibit at the zoo? Yeah, that's. I'm really confused by I'm that. I'm really confused by that. Um, 
I don't. I really the characterization characterization of the penguin it pisses me off probably the most about this movie. Yes. It's like you turn this suave, like sophisticated, like diamond thief kind of character into this nasty, just grotesque monster, like baby monster of a dude that kills children. That kills children in multiple towns. Like, because the news article that Bruce goes through talks about how like he's been doing this for a while, killing kids in towns. Mm-hmm. Um, and why do the carnival workers follow him? I don't like, know. why do they listen to him? Why is he? Because they abandoned him pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, that's my. Big, that's another biggest problem with the film is the ending. They want to try to set up that the penguins this tragic hero, tragic villain. That's ha- like everyone's abandoning him. He's like the last qu- final act of the film is people just like shitting on him, shitting on him, shitting on him, doing like he's been abandoned, all this stuff. And then we're supposed to somehow root for him dying. I don't. Yeah. I don't quite get what Burton wants us to happen. It, have happen. Yeah. How do you want us to react to this, Tim? Um. Not to mention the biggest faux pas in ever is when. Bruce goes to rip the mask off, and the shot before he does it, they take all the black makeup off. Yeah. So he's talking, he has black makeup on. Cut cut back to him, black makeup's off the face, he rips the hat off, and then he's clean, you know, clear face. Yeah. You linger on his, the, the, the lackness of, of the makeup. makeup on his eyes for like a good 15 seconds. Yeah. What the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> but I'm thankful for that, for the fact that Christopher Walken's Max Shrek says, Bruce Wayne... <laughs> Why are you dressed as Batman? <laughs> I mean, that's the that is the peak of the movie, and I, it's sad that that's the peak of the movie. That's yeah, really it. Uh, so that's all I have to say. So about yeah, it's 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 a very it's a very dark, horrible movie. It shits on the characters more than Batman and Robin did. At least the the, the people claim, you know, like everything that the, Burton did with Catwoman and Penguin and Batman in this movie is way worse than what people bitch about Mister Freeze and Bane. You know, way worse. Except at least. Yeah. Batman Robin makes me laugh, even if it does have those problems. Batman Returns is just... It's a bore, because it's so dark and brooding. And even, like, the special features um, on the Blu-ray during the Batman Forever special features, they interview a bunch of the actors and the team, and everyone in unison is just like, Oh, God, Batman Returns was, like, way too dark. <laughs> way too dark. Yeah, which which blew its um, Mike McDonald's... Um toy like tie-in deal yeah i hate where they're gonna make cups and toys and everything but after the movie came out they're like oh no yeah i hate batman returns i hate batman returns with a passion let's just let's just throw that in the garbage throw it in the sewer with a bunch of babies (laughs) (laughs) move on move on to a film that i think i gets it's another film that gets kind of a bad rap uh that is the uh um 1995 film batman forever my favorite of the, the first of the two uh, Joel Schumacher films. Uh, Batman Forever is my favorite of the live-action Batmans. Um, objectively, I won't argue that it's better than, like, Begins or The Dark Knight. Um, but up until this point, it's the best Batman movie. Mm. Um, it's the most balanced. Um, Batman is not a horrible psycho murderer. In fact, the opening action scene where he, um, a goon could fall down an elevator shaft to his death... I feel that Schumacher immediately establishes that his Batman is not Burton's by having Batman save that man's life and then tie him up instead of killing him, yeah. <laughs> which is really nice. <laughs> like the only yeah, imagine that Batman saving people. <laughs> um, I thought Kilmer was great as Batman and Bruce. Um, I mm-hmm. mean, he was a bit too skinny still, but uh, and but he actually did a lot of his own fighting scenes and choreography and stuff, which at that point in like Hollywood was very unheard of. Yeah. Um, um, Chris O'Donnell, uh, Dick Grayson was written perfectly, but Chris O'Donnell was clearly casted 10, 15 years too late, because he's an adult man in a role clearly written for a 12-year-old. 
He's a good Dick Grayson, like a, like a Nightwing Dick yeah. Grayson, just not a Robin. Exactly, Dick exactly. So that's a that's a blame on the casting director. That's a negative on the film, but that's the casting director. The script for Dick was honestly solid. You know, everything with like him being a ward, how he lost his parents, how he's rebelling, and even little lines like he really wants to see a girl naked one day, which for a 25-year-old Crystal Donner was really sad. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, but yeah, and it balanced, as an entire film, it balanced the humor and the dark, serious Batman really well together. Because even Batman cracked a couple of jokes in the movie, which to me makes sense for Batman. Like, everyone talks about how Batman should never, ever joke, and there's always, like, those kind of jokes of, like, when Dick Grayson was Batman in the comics, there was, like, a scene where Two-Face said, oh, you're not the real Batman because you smiled just now. I don't... Yeah. That's funny, but I don't like that because there's been plenty of times where... Bruce isn't fucking the Tim Burton Batman. He's not a crazy psychopath. He's crazy, but he's not devoid of emotions, and even Bruce Wayne has mm -hmm. cracked jokes in yeah. the cow. So, I like Batman Forever. The characterization of the characters, uh, the hero characters... Was, was were really good so um now you talk about the um, villains since i talked about the heroes yeah um i i i liked okay i'll say i like tommy lee jones mm -hmm. and i like jim carrey i like tommy lee jones cast as two-faced i thought everything was fine i feel like the direction for him was a bit too campy at times i think he was written as the joker i think jim carrey is written as the joker oh, really? jim carrey's a fucking mess this entire film as far as i'm concerned Okay, I thought to quote to quote Terry, the guy I used to get comic books from. When I was younger. I apologize. Trigger warnings. Uh, he always said uh, the Riddler in this film is a big flaming faggot. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I know it's harsh, but I kind of see where he's coming from. Uh, I feel like the Riddler was just too flamboyant. I guess that's a word I would use. Mm -hmm. Like he's just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like I don't understand what Jim Carrey was doing here. I, I I'm not. I'm, I won't blame him. I guess I'll, I'll say I don't know what direction he was given like what he thought he we should be doing mm -hmm. for the riddler but i felt like i felt like both of them were just too off key um i i i liked jim as the riddler in this i completely understand what you're saying though um like there's parts where he's very you know methodical very riddler like mm -hmm. but then there's times where he's just like laughing maniacally swinging a cane around wearing his skin tight suits it's like are we still doing the 60s batman here or something just put him in a green suit or something why is it, this is a bit too much it's like one costume he has it does look good but then the end of the film he's in this like bright sequenced costume Ugh. yeah that was weird that was really weird and that weird mask with the question mark on his face and yeah. his hair kept changing um yeah no it was and his plan i liked his plan but his plan was a more of a mad hatter plan that's that's a very good point yeah too. Um, like i said i liked it and it wasn't so it wasn't like oh jesus christ the riddler would never fucking do this but I, it screamed Mad Hatter to me, as opposed to the Riddler. Mm -hmm. um, but I would, I, I just think Two Face was written more of the Joker because he, he see, he loves violence as opposed to actually treating the coin as is. I mean, the whole Two Face, the reason why Two Face doesn't work can be summed up in one scene in Forever, and that's when he keeps flipping the coin in order to get the side that lets him kill Bruce Wayne. That's a good point. Um, and he just keeps flip. That's not Two Face. Um. No, it if isn't. if it was written more like the Dark Knight Two Face, uh, the movie would be a whole lot more solid. You know, if it, I mean, you could still have him be a little bit more over the top for the fun, but have him stick to the moral compass that is the coin at least. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's. I love the I love I the way the movie shot. I love the colors. It's very bright. Yeah. It looks fantastic, and uh, like I said, uh, subjectively, it's my favorite of the live action Batman movies. Um, 
I need to rewatch it to re-examine it, but I, I, I put it kind of higher on my list. It's definitely above uh, Batman and Batman Returns for yeah. me. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and even, obviously, as we move on here shortly to Batman and Robin, it's above that Yeah, as well. I, I think a lot of people shit on the Schumacher Batman movies, but they're only talking about Batman and Robin, even though they don't realize that. Like, they yeah, lump both they together. Okay, mm-hmm. so, move on. This is, yeah, Batman and Robin, uh, the, the film that killed the franchise for a while. Eight years. Uh, Seven. Um, starring uh, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger as the as Mr. Perfect Freeze. casting. It could have been <laughs> if it was more like maybe the Batman animated series. Mm-hmm. Like there's moments I I will always say when I watch Batman and Robin, there are moments and pieces in the script I feel like there could have been a very good film. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of air, but then it's like someone took the good film and like ripped out like most of the pages and took the <laughs> good pages left and stuck it into a different script. Right. Because there's some elements where you can definitely get some of the stuff that was in the animated series of Mr. Freeze, where he's trying to bring his wife back, and there's a lot of, like, serious, like, dark but, Yeah, there's a lot of moments of, like, him and Nora alone, and it's just, you can see... And Arnold's honestly acting the hell out of those scenes. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's why that, I mean, those scenes always are really powerful and work for me. But then there's just... But then there's puns and all this other... Mu- his suits! Yeah. Using lasers to cool you down with diamonds? Go fuck yourself! Uh, you're you're expecting the audience to be fucking five year old morons. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, they had they had, they had the um the story right for Freeze, which is more than I can say for Batman fucking Returns. Um, they just, yeah, they just went times eleven on. And Uma Thurman's Poison Ivy it was a. A nightmare. See, I like some good elements of the, good elements of the seduction plot, plotting, putting uh, Robin against Batman stuff, but like everything else she's doing, it was just. See, uh, her origin was weird and her pet was weird, but otherwise, I actually I liked Poison Ivy a lot in the film. I thought, I mean, again, it was written '60s Batman, and like the whole fucking curses was you know ridiculous and not great for yeah. the character. But when that stuff wasn't happening, I dug. I dug her. If she was out of this film entirely, like if they took some of her plots, made that her its own film, and it was just a Mister Freeze mm-hmm. film, I think it would solve a ton of the problems. Probably. And um, Bane is terrible, uh, obviously. No, yeah, absolutely. No one can defend that. No one can defend the fact that they turned uh, Bane, who's fucking incredible villain, the super super smart, sort of super tactical strong. genius, super like super like super yeah. practically. And turned him into just a dumb goon that just said one word responses and who I, th- I th- and he only fought Batman once because he gets beaten by Batgirl and Robin. Yeah, who just kick his tubes out and then he shrivels up into a little baby, a little baby man. man. Um, a little baby man. <laughs> uh, Alicia Silverstone was I liked her. I just wish I could have had more. I wish there could have been another film and could have had more. See, but... I didn't like her. I I'm, but I'm not a fan of Alicia Silverstone. So again, subjective, oh. subjective. So I'm not gonna argue against Alicia Silverstone, but I didn't like her in the movie. Um, I one of my favorite parts is the continuity between Forever and Batman and Robin. The neon light black light gang is still around, and I just like that. <laughs> um, George Clooney was a great Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, he had the good look for him and good every good I guess maturity look to him. And he played the play the care. Playboy public Bruce Wayne very well. Absolutely, absolutely. I just didn't. Have, I, it was so neutral in his Batman. I just didn't. Really and I'll blame that, that on the script more so than anything. Oh yeah, absolutely. The script. I think if George were to come, <laughs> were like cast as Bruce in like a Batman Beyond movie, he would hit it out of the park. Yeah. Um, and again, like George is an amazing actor, and when you have an amazing actor give a bad performance, nine out of ten times it wasn't the actor's fault. So. Mm-hmm. 
Um, on film makes me laugh a lot, including including the parts that I'm laughing at. But there's also parts that are legitimately good jokes. Um, so yeah, it's a great comedy, and again, I get more enjoyment out of that than Returns. And to me, entertainment counts for a lot. I won't argue that it's a great film, but goddamn, I'm fine with putting it in once in a while and watching it. Yeah, uh, Captain Cold would not like this movie. Too many puns. <laughs> Too many puns. Oh, I love the puns. Not in a good way. Those one, those the ones where I laugh at it instead of with it. But holy shit, there's so many of them. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes they're a bit much. Um. So yeah, not, um, not. Yeah. I honestly don't think it's as bad as everyone loses their shit over. I mean, it's bad, but it's not the worst in the franchise like people act like it is. Um. I and I, I appreciate Joel Schumacher has said, you know, in interviews, like, look. You know, the studio made me make this movie. They said it had to be a toy movie. It was meant to sell toys. You know, they wanted it this way. And then they said, after I made this movie, I could make my serious Batman movie, Batman Redemption. That being said, I signed the contract. I agreed to do this. So it's still also my fault. And I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, he's been very vocal about trying to trying to say some of his fault but a lot of it was I mean it was a lot of it was <clears> it was all the studio and, and again like he and signed the contract that, but the studio is the one that dictated how to make it and all of that can be blamed on Tim Burton yes I agree because all the backlash and all the trouble the dark and that even the, now Batman Returns didn't perform as well as they thought it <laughs> mm -hmm. would it all made them have to change course and make everything like forever and, and Batman Robin be a little more campy me on the light more children friendly also the um, Robin costume looked fucking awesome I love that it's like basically the Nightwing suit. Also, I don't see a big deal with the nipples. I don't see a big deal, and because yeah, he's already got sculpted. Exactly. Abs, if a, uh, if there were no sculpted abs and then nipples and abs were added, yeah, it'd be weird. But Burton started the sculpted chest piece first. Yeah, I I I can see both sides of it. I think it's silly, but it's a silly thing to get upset over. Yeah. I guess. So. That's that. That's that's Batman Robin. That's the film that killed the franchise for eight years. Yeah. So let's so let's fast forward. Um, Batman Begins. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> um, it's a great Bruce Wayne film. Yeah, I agree. But we we but, did kind of need that um, because yeah, too many people have say, too many yeah. people have like were complaining at the time like oh we don't need to see Batman's origin everyone knows his parents died and he's rich and like no that's not his origin. No, it isn't. It isn't. It isn't like his parents died. He immediately just uh, put on the cape and cowl as a six year old and started running around. Fighting <laughs> I want to watch that movie now. Um, so I, I do think that Batman Begins was important to be the Bruce Wayne movie, as opposed to, like, the Burton Batman having, like, no Batman um, after mm -hmm. he's been Batman for a while. We needed to show mainstream audiences his training, what he went through, just e even though it's not, like, the ultimate canon perfect version of it, just so more people understood how much shit went into becoming Batman. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a very uh, a well-paced movie for what's supposed to be a slower origin. I like that mm -hmm. Batman doesn't show up until an hour into the movie. Um, I like the plot. I thought the characters were cool. I uh, it would be my favorite of the Nolan films if it was shot better. But holy shit, do I hate the cinematography of this movie during the action scenes? Yeah, I, if I remember correctly, I've been a little while since I've seen. It. I remember sometimes it had some of the problem with the camera being too tight on the action too scenes. Too tight, too shaky. I I've rewatched it, and while my opinion has gone up on the film as a whole, my opinion of the action scenes has continuously gone down and down. Like I dislike the action gotcha. more every time I see it. Yeah, plus it's the guy guy in a dark suit fighting dark guys and dark lighting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will. Uh, my ba my biggest point for Batman begins is the line. 
Uh, swear to me. Swear to me. I, uh, I swear to God. Swear to me. Great scene. Uh, I, I love that line. I love that scene. I, uh, I think this brings up a big point people started complaining about was uh, Christian Bale's uh, interpretation of Batman's mm-hmm. voice. I've always liked it. I think that makes sense because if I was in that world, I would expect Batman to be terrifying. Um, and I feel like that voice brings a good bit of fear and like intimidation to the character. I'll touch on that. Um, basic. I guess I, I will admit it gets it gets a little it gets a bit too much in later films, but I think it begins at some. Um, I th- Batman should absolutely change his voice when he's wearing the cowl. Um, I just feel that you know because. Kevin Conroy also changes his voice when he's Batman versus when he's playing Bruce Wayne. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a definite change in voice and how he plays the character, but it's not insane in one direction, which I feel is what most people complain about with Bale going too far with changing the voice. But that being said, I thought his voice was perfect in Batman Begins, and his voice didn't get shit crazy until Dark Knight and became a parody of itself in Rises. But in Begins, I think it's perfect. Because when he's being scary, he's talking like this. When he's alone with Rachel in the cave, he's kind of talking like this. You know, he's... Yeah, gra- gravelly but more controlled. Right, whereas in The Dark Knight, um, even when he's talking quietly to people alone, he's still really angry for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> we'll worry about um, the mob later, Gordon. Why are you talking like that right now? I th- um, um, I think the uh, the plot of Begins has some problems. Yes. Hey, I'm, we're going to create this microwave machine that can evaporate water and pipes, yet humans are perfectly unaffected. fine. Unaffected. No superpowers in this universe, though. No superpowers. It's too unrealistic. Yeah, no superpowers. Yeah, too unrealistic. So there's that one point. I know, a decent film. I, I kind of miss the fact that the burrows and the train system is pretty much all but gone in the later Batman yeah. films. And the later Batman films really just become, hey, it's Chicago. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was a problem I had with the Dark Knight and Rises is that they just which we might as well just go into the yeah. Dark Knight. We've already said we, our thoughts on Batman begins. Um. So yeah, do- decent movie. I love Jonathan Crane in it. Yeah. And the bat and the and the suit of Batman looked really good in Begins. I didn't like it in Dark Knight and Rises. It got too segmented and looked less like Batman and more like a ninja suit. I kind of see the point because they had again the thing we just brought up where Batman couldn't turn his fucking. My head. issue though is that like. If you've ever seen Batman Dead End, that Batman Predator fan film, he has mm-hmm. a cowl that looks like the cowl they use in the movies, where it like covers his neck and stuff, and he moves his head in that short film totally fucking fine. So I don't know why this fan film can figure out the cowl technology to let an actor move his head in the suit without it being eight different pieces, but Hollywood's like, holy shit, what do we do? Well, when you get to the point where your film costs one hundred fifty million dollars, you just kind of forget how to do it that. It seems that way. So anyway, that's just my art. That's why I'm annoyed because they're like, "Oh, we had to do this so he can move his head." I'm like, "Oh, fucking other people can do this. Just ask them." Anyway, so yeah, yeah. begins good movie, bad cinematography. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the Dark Knight, the infamous film, the film that was uh, one of the top grossing films of all time, still is because it made a billion dollars. Only superhero film to win an um, Oscar, right? Or did uh, didn't or did Oscar. Superman get like um, something for effects or something back in the day? I forget. I don't think Dark. I think Dark Knight got nominated. Didn't Heath Ledger won. Um, Heath Ledger won Best Supporting Actor for that, which I I feel like I'll get into this. I feel like this is the Hollywood system at work. He didn't win it the year before for Brokeback Mountain, and so this this, this year that that next year he got nominated for Dark Knight, and I feel like a he won it because he died, and b he won it because he was snubbed the year before or snubbed the. Last time you a lot of people it, in the say. committee will outright admit to the two. They will vote for their friends, and then after time, if they feel like someone deserves it because they haven't gotten it yet, they'll get it, even if it's for an inferior performance or film. 
Exactly. Like uh, Sean Penn didn't get it for I Am Sam, but then did it, did get it for Mystic yeah. River. Yeah, Mystic River was it's t- like no <laughs> good. He did, he deserved it way more for I Am Sam, but you know it's just that yeah. Hollywood system. That's a small. Um, thing, but so. anyway, uh, yeah, Heath did great as the Joker. Not as funny as I would have liked though. Like it no. was the it was is the it? anarchist Joker, which is a very important part to the Joker, but not there's no gags. Like he had the pencil gag, but like there was no flower shooting or boxing gloves guns or anything like that you know not a lot no, of jokes very, from a man called yeah, joke, man. joke man <laughs> joke man i love joke man it's a good character um i like the, the look of the joker for the film i appreciate it i really liked like i mean i i know the internet is kind of opt on i feel like just praising ledger because he i feel like if an actor dies their last role gets a lot gets gets a lot of bit a lot of big like pass, the crow I should say like the crow like brandon lee um, but I, uh, I do think it was really, it's a really different take on the Joker, but it's solid. His acting is very good. I think that, I do think the Oscar was well-deserved, yes. but I can see, I could definitely see the argument that it was just a complimentary Oscar. Um, again, I like the part in the beginning of the, the opening of the film where the Joker's hair is not green until he takes off his fucking mask. We talked about that a bit with mm-hmm. Interstellar. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, this is where Gotham City stopped looking like a shitty place and became, hey, this looks like a really nice city to live in. Just the mob is here. It's a Chicago. The film is from yeah. Chicago, and the fact I love the fact that Eric Roberts is in a major multi-million dollar yes, movie. Yes, finally. <laughs> I really appreciate. I love that. Eric Roberts. Um, um, yeah, I like the plot. I like that it's like the it's basically like the tail end of the long Halloween where they're like they they are beating the mob in this movie, but it's opening the gate to the more to the rogues, and they're like this movie seems to be building up to the Batman Rose Gallery, which we never get because he gives up after this film. Um. Um, Eckhart as fucking Two-Face, to me, is the star of this movie. I think Mm Two-Face is way better than the Joker in this movie. Yeah, which which again, I think... But he didn't die. I agree. And (laughs) I wish he A, didn't die, and B, maybe it was just put in a different film. Or maybe just taken out altogether. It was so good that I just wish it didn't happen. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Well, because the original, like, pitch trilogy of the Batman, of the Nolan Batman movies, according to, um... Uh, fucking the writer, um, Goyer, Goyer. thank I almost said Snyder for some reason, because he writes the Batman comic. Uh, um, yeah, Goyer said that the, he said the first movie's Batman begins, and the second movie is the Joker, and then the third movie is Two-Face. And that would have mm-hmm. been way better. <laughs> but yeah. still, you know, Two-Face was great in this. It was a surprise, because I didn't expect Two-Face to be in it. Um, good plot. I uh, like the Batman vigilantes. And I liked Scarecrow showing up in the beginning, because at this point, we have not had, like, a superhero movie open with another supervillain that was still around. <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate it in all the films that uh, Cillian Murphy keeps showing yes. up. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, good movie, well shot, uh, kind of weird that Batman goes um, to China. I wouldn't say good. I'd say okay. Okay, well... I feel I feel like over time, I've, I've noticed a lot more problems in the plot, the pacing, the... Um, it's a very long It's a movie. very long movie. The pacing does have some issues, and there's a lot of plot it's, holes. Yeah, there is. I mean, it, it and I, I with Nolan's films, I kind, I'm not gonna, tol- I'm not trying to dog on it too much, because Nolan m- wants to make more cinematic experiences, like films you just kind of get into, and so you can don't expressly notice it unless you're trying to be nitpicky. Mm-hmm. So I can be okay with that as a filmmaker, but it's it's still there and it kind of draws. And there's just some parts like the whole uh, boats thing with them. Like you really expect me to believe that that entire boat took votes on, you know in that short amount of time like you kept showing clocks you kept doing all this yeah. stuff it's like don't do that yeah. that's really bad mm-hmm. 
and all these other bits. There's just a lot of there's a lot of problems. There's just many. I think there's just as many problems in Dark Knight as there are in Dark Knight Rises. But I, f- I don't understand why people give Dark Knight such a pass and, <coughs> and herald it as this greatest comic book movie of all time. I think type status for me, and I'm just speaking very personally. For me, I agree that there's just as many, but to me, it seems like in Rises they're bigger and more poignant. Um, okay. That's just me. Again, personal subjective. I'm not arguing for anyone else on the internet. Um, but like, like when I watched The Dark Knight the second time, I saw all the plot holes, but I still didn't care. When I watched The Dark Knight Rises the first time, I noticed the plot holes and I cared. See, I never did. I guess we'll... we'll it's a, yeah, whatever. Um, I don't want to sound like I hate Dark Knight. I like it fine. I, I'll put it that way. So it's just... Yeah, there's some... Pro- they, Batman and, and um, uh, Rachel Dawes fall out of a fucking like, 30-story building and land on a car and are perfectly And are fine. fine. Yeah, that's so... That And where does the Joker go? <laughs> where does the Joker go? He does sleeps. he just get on the elevator and go down and then walk out the front doors past Batman, who is in a coma... Because he fell 30 stories out of a building. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there's a lot, like I said, there's a lot of those plot holes and stuff in The Dark Knight that, you are right, a lot of people get passes to. Um, I still think yeah. it's a good film, but it's not perfection like people make it out to be. You know, I, I like it more than Begins just because I think it's more entertaining. It's not as slow as Begins. But, like I said, if Begins was shot better, I think Begins would be far the better film. Yeah, I agree. Um, so as we wrap it up here with uh, The Dark Knight Rises, um, I will completely uh, put a um, um, disclaimer up here. I only saw this movie once when it was in theaters. <laughs> um, I saw it twice. Uh, once in theaters and once again to rewatch it to see if uh, like it was what I remembered or if I was just having a bad night or whatever. Now when this movie first came out, I didn't like it. Um, I vocalized a bit that I didn't like it and everyone treated me like I was a retarded piece of shit. So then a lot of hate that I had for those people was unfairly targeted towards the film because I just kept on getting more angry that people were acting the way they were towards me. Um, yeah, that I can understand. Uh, that. So, um, I, for a while, I was talking about how terrible the movie is and how much I hated it, and, you know, when I calmed down and rewatched it, it's not terrible. I don't hate it. But it is a very okay movie. I like it. Um, I, I will say I am getting it, I think, tomorrow in the mail. I, I plan on rewatching it because I haven't seen it so long. Uh, but there's a lot of things I like about it, so I can uh, forgive some things. But I don't know. I, from watching it, the, first, the only time I didn't have nearly as many problems with it as I thought I would, or as many as I guess as you mm-hmm. do. You said some things. I was like, okay, I can see that, but it just didn't bother mm-hmm. me. So it's other things like Dark Knight. Like there's problems, but they just don't bother me. That right, much. right. Um, I, I think my biggest problems with Rises is well, one of them is Bruce Wayne giving up being Batman for eight years. Like they he, just fast forward, I, I, and that's. I like that because Batman Begins, not Batman, sorry, Batman Beyond did the same thing where Bruce just gave it up because he couldn't do it well, anymore. And I feel like people unfairly kept shitting on Dark Knight Rises with the quote, you know, trying to say Batman never quits. Well, in this universe, with this particular, in this on this say Earth uh, sixty five is mm-hmm. this universe, and on that Earth, Batman gave up because he lost his childhood love, the girl he loved. He, she got blown the fuck up. He killed, you know, Aaron, Aaron, you know, Harvey Dent. Like he's a fucked up dude in this universe. So this particular <laughs> Batman just couldn't do it so he took a break um, i'll kind argue the batman beyond thing um in the sense that the difference is that in batman beyond he didn't give up until he physically was unable to do it to the point where he found himself depending on pointing a gun at someone and then realized what he had become and that he had to hang up the cape and cow before he killed someone to stay alive 
versus giving up because of emotional reasons. Well, also, the film establishes that he's a cripple. Like, his leg's fucked up. I think he's a cripple because he hasn't left his house in eight years compared to, like, being Batman. Because he was only Batman for, like, six months. Like, that's it in this universe. He was Batman for six months, and I don't know how he became such a legend for being around for half a year. Um, Because he cleaned up Gotham. Totally. No crime ever in Gotham. Um, I think what bothers me, why it bothers me so much, because I'm totally open to different interpretations. Um, I, I just... Part of me is just the fact that they were starting to get Batman's character so right in the first two films, and, like, he wasn't the Batman from the comics, but you could see that, like, he was getting there. He was still young. He was starting out. And then you get to this, and you've jumped eight years into the future, and this movie keeps going back and forth with how adequate he is as Batman. Um, It just seems like in the series as a whole, he never becomes Batman. He's just a really rich, angry dude that knows how to fight and has a bunch of money. But then in... Which is how he's portrayed in the first two movies, and it works perfectly. But then in Rises, he keeps going back and forth between that and the master tactician Batman that knows how to do everything and get away from a nuke with no explanation, or how to get from South America to Gotham with no money and stuff like that. And that stuff wouldn't be... Wouldn't bother me if he was this Batman, but they're keeping him this other Batman, but having him do this Batman stuff. And it just doesn't... It doesn't sync up, and that's why it bothers me so much. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could see that. Absolutely, absolutely. You make it some. Yeah. So, I mean, you, your 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 uh, argument is sound, I should say. Like, I get yeah. your point. Uh, um, if it was just one way or the other, I would have far less issues. It's the fact that you keep going back and forth. Gotcha. A lot, a lot of uh, yeah. swerves um, in character, and like there's little stuff um, like you know he's so damaged from just being Batman six months. Okay, I'll buy that. You know, it's there. It's more realistic. You can get that fucked up in six months. But then they give him a magical knee brace that he doesn't need in prison, I guess, anymore. And it's just a lot of weird things that they took, like, leaps in logic to move the story forward. Because that's another thing I realized. When I watched the movie, the first, like, hour of the movie drags like shit. Not in necessarily a bad way. I just mean, like, the time that's passing in the story. And then, holy shit, the rest of the movie's fast forward. Like, they show two days over the course of an hour and a half. And then, eight months later, whoa, 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 wait, what? (laughs) Uh, yeah, I look forward to rewatching and getting another check. I still like the uh, first fight scene between Bane and Batman. I love that fight scene. In the theater, uh, I, I dug I, it. I, I dug it when I rewatched it. It was a good fight scene. I, I feel that Batman should have brought some more gadgets, but I'll blame that on Batman being egotistical and too full of himself. No, no explanation as to why he wouldn't take any gadgets for the second fight, where the plot of the movie was basically Rocky Three. Well, it's funny. Like in this uh, in this universe, Batman is is a lot less gadget, a lot less dependent on gadgets. He has the grapple gun, the smoke bombs, the batarangs, but he doesn't have much else. It seems like, except he has like the EMP gun, I guess. But it, like, there's the, not too heavy of a gadget. It Batman. still came off as he used more in like the first two films compared to this one. I just don't know what you do against the uh, the hulking behemoth of muscle that is. Also, Batman. I just want to point out real quick: Nolan movies, three Batman movies, only use batarangs in one of them. And no other bat-related equipment aside from, oh, this is called the bat. Um, So uh, I liked uh, Selena Kyle in this movie a lot. I thought she was perfect. I did too. She was an actual diamond thief. She was doing, you know, Selena Kyle things. And Anne Hathaway played her perfectly. Um, I thought Tom Hardy played Bane well. I still stand by his voice is really stupid. Especially for someone that grew up in a South American prison. Why do you sound like um, uh, Santa Claus mixed with um, James Bond? <laughs> <Santa Claus. laughs> when you rewatch the movie, 
<laughs> I never heard that one. That's a good one. Um, I would like. I still like to actually hear what his original stuff because he had to be overdubbed because yeah. people were complaining. I would love to see what his what Tom Hardy's originally yeah. doing. But and again, happened. Gotham is just Pittsburgh kind of, now instead of Chicago. Yeah. Uh, one thing I think we I want to just kind of mention we never probably I I love uh, Gary Oldman in all three films. Absolutely perfect casting. He's he's great, <clears throat> and so is Michael Caine. Michael yes. Caine's really good as well. I didn't really mention those, but they've been constants throughout. I feel like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, his character, uh, Robin. <laughs> I feel like that was that was heavy. heavy that made me roll movie. my eyes. See, that, that was bad. Um, I I feel like he didn't need to be in this movie. No, he was. Been he was out. only put in for the idea that anyone could become Batman, and I will say I love that idea. I love the mm-hmm. theme of Batman is a symbol anyone can put on the suit and be Batman. The problem is that in this universe, um, they are setting it up that Jason Gordon Lovett is going to become Batman, but he has no training, no money, no network of support like Bruce had, and he's going to dr- put on the suit and die the first night he goes out. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Meanwhile, Bruce Wayne, who's a really recognized billionaire playboy, just uh, can disappear. disappear. I like the idea that he just can disappear. I, I don't mind that. It's, it's just not real, realistic. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Dark Knight <laughs> My okay. also favorite part is the same okay, day okay. Batman dies, Bruce Wayne disappeared. That's weird. Well, I mean, a lot of people they were dying. dying. I know and, that's you know, that's the legitimate you know, explanation. I, can, I was just making a joke. I can see that. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, as we wrap up, do you want to? Do you want to do a ranking? Like what? Like from your uh, favorite to least okay, favorite? Okay. Uh, and this is just kind of playing it by ear here. I'm sure I could like sit down and really think about it and do a better list, so please no one get too angry at this list. Um, number one, Batman Forever. I think it's great. Uh, number two, Dark Knight. Number three, Begins. Uh, number four, uh, Batman. Number five, Batman and Robin. Um, number six, Rises. Number seven, Returns. Um, I I think my list would be basically just like yours. I think Rises would be a little higher mm-hmm. on it, but that's about it. Yeah, I'd switch. Uh, I think I'll gonna say I'll do um, I do Begins Forever, Dark Knight. Um, I I just think like I still probably go Batman. Then, uh, Batman Robin's funny. Then Dark Knight Rises. Then Batman mm-hmm. Robin. You mean returns? Oh, no, sorry, no, sorry. Ba- Batman returns. So we, sorry. yeah, Batman returns. On, we both the, agree that returns the, is a piece of shit, and that's all that matters at the end absolutely. of the day. <laughs> what we agree on matters more than what we disagree on. That's right. Batman returns is god awful <laughs> garbage. Throw, throw it in the trash. Throw it in the dumpster. Set it on fire. Buy, buy all the copies you can. <laughs> Just buy them and all and it. throw them away, please. <laughs> and make sure you tell Warner Brothers that the film is bad. Uh, so that's uh, that. so- so, All right, so um, real quick, fi- uh, final thoughts. Hopefully, yes. uh, you know, the new Batman will be another step in the right direction. I'm Because I'm I feel like every fan. new iteration is ba- of Batman has been a step in the right direction, and then they started to falter. You know, like the Burton first Batman was a step in the right direction away from the camp, and then Returns was a falter. Forever was another step in the right direction to make Batman more fucking accurate, and then they stepped back with Batman and Robin. And then Begins was a step in the right direction, and then, in my opinion, they started to falter with Rises. So hopefully, uh-huh. with Affleck, it's a step in the right direction, and they don't even have to make any more advancement from there. Just don't take two more steps back. Yeah, just make yeah. it Batman. Done. Done deal. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm the same. So uh, I guess we'll just do our the normal formalities. As always, you guys can find us on Facebook at Movie Films of Bill and Steve. Uh, you can find us on our Tumblr, Movie Films of Bill and Steve. Tumblr. Com. 
you can email us at moviefilmswithbillandsteve at gmail.com and then you can find me at lovablebill on Twitter. Uh, you can check out any of my films at www.silverspotlightfilms.com um, Again, you can pre-order the Red Christmas limited edition there while you can. And uh, facebook.com slash silverspotlightfilms and of course uh, facebook.com slash die uh, EMD movie, I meant to say. Uh, facebook.com slash supertaskforce you know, Just look me up on IMDb and find my movies. I'm Steve Rudzinski. Sounds great. And, and until next time, guys, uh, I'll, let's end it with Rachel! 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 Rachel. <laughs> Swear to me! Swear to me, Rachel! I'm not wearing hockey pants! <laughs> <laughs>